0: You're listening to the Douglas Jacoby podcast. Here we bring you some of the material found on Douglas's website in podcast form. We hope that as you listen, you are challenged to think about faith. Today, Douglas continues his series on Christ through the Ages, now looking at James, Jesus, Wisdom from Above. For more on this episode, follow the link in the show notes to Douglas's website. Now, here's today's teaching Christ through the Ages. In our first two lessons, We saw that age to age, Christ is the same in nature, God, and what he did in coming to live on this earth and then give up that life was ordained before the beginning of time for us. These amazing deeds and plans are revealed, are hinted at, and foreshadowed in the scriptures in all parts of the Jewish scriptures, the Law, the Prophets, and the Writings, after our little detour at different expectations of the Messiah in the first century, we began to see how the New Testament writings reveal Christ. We went through four Gospels, starting with Mark. Last time, John. For example, we saw that Jesus has friends and spends times with them. He spends lots of time with them. He's affected by the emotions of other people, like Mary, Martha, or the crowd. He loves his friend, Lazarus loves everyone, but still he's closer to some persons than to others. He's occasionally seized with emotion, and this was obvious to others. Remember that passage, Jesus wept, John eleven thirty five. 35. In short, he shows us how to be human. His humanity is what is focused on. And in each of the documents of the New Testament now that we're looking at, I want us to see something about Jesus we might not have seen before. I've entitled this one, Jesus our teacher, wisdom from above. Well, is this what I get from James? Yes, indeed. We get a lot from James. Whoever wrote James and the strong tradition is that Jesus' brother, sometimes called James the Just, he was a church leader in Jerusalem, stoned to death in 62 AD. But this man knew what the Lord taught in the Sermon on the Mount, There are many echoes of the Sermon on the Mount, as well as of other Jewish documents, like Sirach. And it's very practical in giving us something to strive for. It's a very Jewish document. In fact, it seems to come from the time before church and synagogue were, well, let's say before the rift between them was irreparable. You remember what Paul said in First Corinthians 13, love is patient, love is kind, and so forth. It doesn't keep a record of wrongs. It's very challenging when we compare ourselves to that. You know, which of us can put his name in in the blank, you know? Uh, Mary is patient. Mary is kind. Mary rejoices in truth. You know, Douglas keeps no record of wrongs, and so forth. But we see we could fill in the blank with the name Jesus. He is all those things. Well, I don't think anyone would say that's going beyond what's written, because isn't that what Jesus shows us? God's love, God in the flesh. Well, you could do something very similar with James. In The five chapters of James, we're encouraged to persevere, to pray, to be patient, to be obedient to the word. That's all in chapter one. Well, isn't that what Christ did? Didn't he show us fairness? Not prejudice, no favoritism, but love and compassion for all, the high and the low, the needy. That's James two. He shows us control of the tongue. James three, pure motives. Chapter four, chapter five, faithful prayer. See, all of these qualities uh, could describe Christ, and they do describe him. And so what I want us to do now is to focus on just part of James, because there's plenty to learn about our Lord from any chapter of James. I've selected chapter three. Why? Maybe because I'm a big believer in the teaching ministry, and one reason that James is written is to protect the, the body from false teachers. These are persons who don't control their tongue. And their inner life is chaotic and ambitious in a selfish way, and that spills over, and that's reflected in their, their impact on others, and an effect of disorder. So the beginning of chapter 3 is all about the tongue, our need to control it. Well, that's challenging for anyone, and maybe best known as James 3, verse 1, not many of you should presume to be teachers. Of course, the reason is we'll be judged more strictly. What I believe is happening in the community that James is writing to, in one one, it says he's writing to the 12 tribes scattered among the nations. In other words, he's writing to those from a Jewish background who were Christians. And he's giving them many, uh, well, promptings and warnings. He's urging them to do this and to beware of that. But chapter 3 is very strong. I mean, look at those words on the tongue in the first 12 verses then he talks about wisdom, two kinds of wisdom. One is from below and one is from above. I think we're talking about the character here. We're talking about the character of Jesus Christ. So let me explain that. And I think this will make sense. And I'm really hoping that it will be an inspiring meditation for you today as you try to walk with the Lord. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show it by his good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, of the devil. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. That doesn't describe Christ at all, except by its opposite. Unlike the false teacher whose falseness originates from within his heart, the godly teacher emulates Christ. One kind of wisdom, the false wisdom, is demonic. It comes from below. True heavenly wisdom comes from God. It comes from above. Now, the last two verses, 17 and 18, we read, But the wisdom that comes from heaven is, first of all, pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial, and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace raise a harvest of righteousness. You may have noticed it's a sevenfold description of wisdom, heavenly wisdom. And then that last verse about peacemakers. I think what's going on in the community is that the false teachers are really stirring things up, making things confusing and chaotic, and egos getting in the way. And a true teacher is able to bridge gaps, to see what is essential, uh, to unite uh, disparate elements, and, and not to have ego in the way. So this wisdom shows itself in sevenfold virtue, but I think that describes Christ. You go back to the Gospels, just skim over the Gospels and see how Jesus interacts and how he teaches. Is this not exactly who he is? The purity. There's no hint of sin or wrong motivation. Peace-loving. He aims for peace, N- not that that means he'll he'll compromise in a, in a bad way. He won't hide the truth, but it's the path of peace he pursues. Considerate, always putting others first, submissive, submissive, primarily to God, full of mercy and good fruit. Look at the impact of his life, the the love, the 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 uh, the way there's you know fruit doesn't just mean one thing. It's not just fruit of the spirit. It's not just leading others to to God. Fruit is is not just raw productivity. It's many things, but it's it's having an impact. Don't you want your life to have an impact, to be full of mercy and good fruit? Jesus is impartial. He's not wowed by the rich. He doesn't tone down his message so as not to offend his uh, constituents. Uh, And nor does he show favoritism towards the poor. He challenges everyone. He's impartial, sincere. What you see is what you get. There's no dissembling going on. There's no hypocrisy at all. Uh, And if that's what wisdom is and, and it's not to uh, devalue the importance of biblical knowledge or study, education, but true wisdom must go beyond just head knowledge. Head knowledge is vital. We love God with our head, but we also love Him with our heart, and what's in our heart is reflected because in our lives, because out of the mouth comes the overflow. So we see two kinds of wisdom. In other words, we see. If I put it slightly differently, we learn how to be like Christ as a teacher, or how to be unlike him. And that's why uh, this lesson is simply called uh, Jesus, Our Teacher, Wisdom from Above. Does this describe me? Does this passage sum up the kind of Christian teacher I long to be? What am I going to do with this passage today? What am I going to do with this description? Being a Christian isn't just being right, holding to the right teachings. It's a way we live and a way that we interact with others. Uh, I really hope that uh, this passage will bless you, uh, make a difference in your life today. Oh, next time, we're going to be seeing what we can learn about Christ from Romans and Galatians. You know, Romans and Galatians are similar. They're written even for somewhat similar purpose. I'll explain that at the beginning of the next lesson, and we'll be uh, focusing in, uh, uh, fairly specifically, uh, well, you'll, the title will give it away, which is "Baptized into Death." Thanks for listening today. We hope you enjoyed Douglas's series on Christ through the ages. For additional notes and resources, be sure to check out Douglas's website in the show notes. The website has hundreds of articles, podcasts, and videos for you to access for free. You can also become a premium subscriber and gain access to thousands of online resources from Douglas' teaching ministry.